You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. the princesses you could be yakuza princess is probably not one of the more desired positions of prince i mean maybe princess peach is below that because you're just constantly (laughs) being abducted right but yakuza princess the likelihood of everyone you know and maybe you as well being horribly murdered seems a lot higher in general but maybe it's just all the japanese yakuza films i've watched it has a great dental plan I imagine while things are good, they're really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) And short. We're talking about an adaptation of a comic book called Samurai Shiro by Danilo Beirut, who's a Brazilian comics artist who I was unfamiliar with, but has won awards and stuff, has done a bunch of comics that perform very well that I have never heard of. He did a series called Jesus Hates Zombies, and I kind of just based on that entirely. (laughs) Jesus is not a zombie. He's a, a lich. Yeah. This is the hill I will die and resurrect on. But he created zombies because he brought back Lazarus, and now the world is cursed. Was the first zombie last? You know what? To stop. You're getting me totally <laughs> up there. No zombies in Yakuza Princess. There is Jonathan Reese Myers, who doesn't seem to know what he's there for, so he kind of acts like he could be a zombie, but he is not. His dick is wagging in the breeze, so hey. You know, this shot's for the ladies and 10% of the men. Speaking of the ladies and the other men minority here, I've got Mindy. I also have a sword of destiny, only it's a machete, so. <laughs> you could even it's... hear the schnicked. Audible sharpness. I've got Harmony. Hello. I've got Adrian. I went that entire film not realizing that was Jonathan Reese Myers until <laughs> this moment. <laughs> I thought, why does he look so familiar, this Brazilian jiu-jitsu actor? <laughs> And then, of course, me, Chris. This adaptation is a cross-Japanese-Brazilian production, really, and it's weird that it is, because almost everything about this film says, why doesn't this just take place in Japan? But no, a lot of it takes place in San Paulo, Brazil. I shall explain! (laughs) The comic book was from Brazil, so it's set in Brazil, damn it! Akimi, who is played by apparently popular uh, Japanese-American pop singer Masumi, who I don't know anything about, but seems to have a following as near as I could tell, she discovers that she's the heiress to a crime family. Currently, she's living in San Paulo, but when the film starts, we see a flashback in 1999 in Osaka, where a bunch of dudes come in and just murderize the shit out of an entire crime family there, the Kawa. They just cut them to pieces, and it seems like one of the few survivors is this infant, which turns out later to be the grown-up Akimi, who's working a crappy job in a San Paulo gift shop. Yes, she's still studying martial arts because this film's called Yakuza Princess, and we expect our female lead to be able to kick ass. She's got a teacher, Chiba, played by Toshiji Takeshima. She doesn't know she's from any sort of family thing. She's just, like, taking classes and how to be a, a, badass. B- a badass, right? She's Japanese and it's obligatory in film. 
he speaks entirely in aphorisms and, and legends. You and your soul must become one. You know, that kind of shit. Meanwhile, somewhere else in San Paolo, a patient wakes up, played by the aforementioned Jonathan Reese Myers, who has amnesia. Are we still doing the amnesia thing in films? I can't remember if we are or not. <laughs> but he can't remember his name. He doesn't know how he got all injured, but they do know that he's got this samurai sword that he is holding on to with a death grip. But he has been arrested and not for long because he's even if he doesn't know how he is, he is a badass. And he busts out of there, takes the weapon with him and he tries to track it down. Thinks this is the one thing he knows that might give him a clue to who he is. And he finds out it was it's like the sword in Kill Bill. It's like this legendary sword, Muramasa sword that supposedly that's a real thing. It is. It's just over. <laughs> used in cinema but craves the blood of its victims and drains their souls whatever anyway you know that's all badass and cool he's trying to figure out what's going on akimi doesn't know what's going on she's walking around eating noodles but occasionally beating up people and singing in karaoke bars she ends up teaming up with jonathan reese myers at some point here when they realize someone is coming after them and trying to get the sword or trying to get her it's not really clear to either one of us at first i think it's like her grandfather made or at least did something with the sword like repaired it or something and that's why he goes to her place because he's looking for the grandfather. That's what I understood. There's a lot of stuff that's being thrown at you real fast. It's just like very much plot vomit that happens during the yeah. middle of this film. And I was admittedly a little confused. At one point, I had to go back 10 minutes because I was like, okay, I wasn't paying enough attention because obviously I missed something. Yeah, there's two more Yakuza guys who are chasing them, one of which is kind of like a beat Takeshi type. And he doesn't like the new way the new breed is doing things with the Yakuza. And for reasons I'm unclear on, he ends up sort of on the side of the good guys, sort of. I don't know. What? The point is, is that this previous group that was wiped out still has some supporters, even though they're all but wiped out. She's like the last remaining real member of them who would, you know, stands to take the throne. The new Yakuza group is not that clan. I guess they're the clan that killed them. I, that I also was not entirely clear on. I think it was a hit. I wasn't really interested in the plot, mind you. <laughs> Until it got to a point where they're hiding out in a retirement home for old Yakuza badasses. And I was like, that's amazing. That's cool. That, why has that never been a thing anybody has thought to put into film before? Because I wanted more of that, even though it didn't really deliver what you wanted. Oh, back in my day, we had only three fingers when we retired, you know. They did that kind of thing, sort of. But it was like, you wanted to be like, it's like, out of my way, old man. And then old man's like, old man, fuck you. And does some badass sword yeah, shit. Exactly. You know, like, like Yoda, it'd be great. Yeah, you know? we didn't really get that so much, but they are fun. That's a neat bit. There are neat bits throughout this, but I think the problem is that I don't know how many issues of the series it's trying to take on, but it feels so much shit they're trying to throw at you all at once. And in terms of storytelling, I found it very overly familiar with a lot of the elements in here. It's obviously the people who wrote this are big fans of a lot of Yakuza films. They're fans of Kill Bill. But also they like shit like Blade Runner because the whole thing is like this smoky, neon lit cities, you know. Almost, it, the only thing it's missing is like a voiceover of her <laughs> going, well, I didn't know why they were coming for me, but I knew that this was going to be a dish best service. Cold. That's going to be in the third <laughs> remake of it. She really was a replicant all along. Just <laughs> why yeah. she has such bad acting skills. I thought she was okay, actually. I'm going to disagree with you there. I, I think the problem wasn't that she was a terrible actress or that anyone was, really. It was that the screenwriter doesn't know how to write characters. These aren't real people. They're just cardboard yeah. cutouts. But I thought she was fine. See, I disagree with you completely. I think that the script very much tried to be cool. It tried to be like, right. this is an engaging story. 
story that is very comic booky in regards to it being over the top and being very action and I am building my honor to be the head of the Yakuza and you know granted that is a simplistic storyline but it's one that happens in a lot of these types of films it's not you know on common ground I think she in particular was flat the entirety of the movie. She's there that would say something about her mourning for her dead grandfather the same way she'd be like, okay, I'm going to go sing karaoke. I will call you Shiro and I will lead the clan. I'm like, really? It's like everything was deadpan. And I'm like, you couldn't cast a Japanese woman who's an actor who knows how to sword fight? Come on, people. She is Japanese. I know. I'm saying you couldn't find somebody who could also oh. act and sword fight. Like when she would do her lines in Japanese, she had a lot more affect. But when she would do English, no affect whatsoever. So I'm going to ask you something because I was wondering if this is something that other people thought. So this film is about the Yakuza, Japanese. It's set mm -hmm. in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where people speak Portuguese. Did it bother anybody that the main language of the main character was English? <laughs> it took me out of the film completely because it felt like this is trying to appease to Westerners. And I hated that. And it absolutely was. No, I mean, this film was clearly made for a Western audience, which I, right. I don't inherently have a problem with. But with it's such a strange, niche thing, why not do it in multiple different languages? To be fair, they tell you in the beginning, this region of San Paulo has the biggest Japanese population of any place outside of Japan in the whole world. It's like a huge place. And a lot of people there do, in fact, speak English like they do in a lot of places around the world that have mixed populations like that. I mean, it's not uncommon for English to be the default language in this, those type of situations. Especially if it's in like a melting pot situation where yeah. it's like all these other cultures coming, they all have this kind of basis. It's, it, that's not uncommon. The worldwide language. Okay, and that would be fine for like some of the scenes, but there were scenes where it was a Yakuza versus a Yakuza, and it was in English. And it's just like, no! My head, I always go by that scene in, I think it was Star Trek 3, where the Klingons are talking to each other in Klingon, and then the camera just kind of swings by one of them, so they block the camera. When it comes out the other side, they're oh, all speaking English. English <laughs> because it's a me like, oh, there's actually speaking Klingon, but because this is for Western audiences, we're hearing it this way. I know, Come on, Mandy, don't get hung up on silly stuff. Well, go, no, yeah, it's I not <laughs> silly in that it's just, it felt disingenuous. Like, like I said, this is supposed to be about Japanese culture. They did speak in Japanese for parts of the movie that were subtitled. So it's like, if you're going to put that in, why not make that more of it as opposed to back and forth? It's made for Western audiences. That's why. I didn't mind that it was in English at all. What I did mind is that you have this really cool-ass title, Yakuza Princess, which I didn't notice was based on a graphic novel, but it sounds like it would be. Yakuza this is going to be bloody. It has to do with a sword. And then the very opening scene where the family gets massacred, CGI gore, which I understand there's budgetary restrictions to things, but that's already kind of like a red flag for me. I don't think I really liked any of the action scenes up until the last fourth of the film. It takes a lot of time to get there. I mean, like there's some cool stunts. I think the main actress is actually... 
I'm not sure if she's doing her own stunts. It looks like she is. I thought she was a martial artist, and I thought the guy that I didn't recognize as Jonathan Reese Myers was like some actor slash like MMA fighter because either him or his stunt double. I thought he was actually kind of badass too. None of it was really impressive to me. Maybe it's because of the title that I was expecting. I don't know, like like any kind of Sion Sono film. If you look at any of his titles, most of his movies match that. Like, okay, this is going to be kind of crazy. Like, why don't you go play in hell or something? Yeah, exactly. And this felt like, man, this has way more to say than I wanted to, to, to say. And way less to show. Exposition princess. Like, this was just (laughs) constant talking and like laying this groundwork. And it felt so dull to me. Like, for some kind of Yakuza princess, I expected more, Uh even if it was like badly done. It's like just something more. And there were some really cool moments, like the retirement home for ex Yakuza, which has some of the best dialogue. Like, I I love that whole part. But like, so much of it is just like, okay, we're talking again. It's an adaptation, and they're trying to cram in all these. Yeah. different things that may have been better explored in the comic and served a purpose but can you honestly tell me what the point of the white guy character in this film is no. what purpose he actually serves in this film to stick around for the whole fucking thing <laughs> for the very last scene <laughs> like he's there for a thing in the last scene that you could have done without him there exactly. all together like, like it's there's no reason for him to be there except for oh, we better figure out a way to throw a white guy into this thing. They cram so much into the movie that by the time it ends, the movie's like, all right, stay tuned for more. It's like, damn, how much more are you going to give us? (laughs) And because they crammed in so much, they didn't have a chance to really explore any of it. So you don't really know what's happening other than essentially vague Cliff Notes versions of the big old Yakuza war, which means you don't really have an emotional attachment to anybody. And so you don't care how the war ends. Yeah, I don't care about any of these people. They don't write anything about who they are. They only write about what they do, Mm -hmm. you know? That's not a character. There's lots of, I mean, you were saying early, Mindy, you didn't mind the script. I'm like, yes, but you were describing the plot that you liked. I was talking about the dialogue and the way the characters are built, which is not the plot. This is all plot. The dialogue is all flat or predictable as fuck. That's what I'm saying is like, as Harrison Ford famously said to George Lucas, you can write this shit, George, but you sure can't say it. And this has felt (laughs) like that. Nobody talks that way. And no, they don't have any connection point to each other. They force characters together into alliances. And as an audience member, you're like, why are they in an alliance? I don't know why they're even having anything to do with each other. And I get you where you're coming from, Adrian, with the gore. Like, right off the bat, when the gore is there and they're doing... There there was some practical, but there was also some... The electroshock fake gore, I like to call it. looks a little too electric red. And in places Mm -hmm. where it's like just a pool on the ground. Like, seriously... It's a pool on the ground. Like, you don't know how to direct a movie like this or you would have just gone to the Halloween store and gotten a pool of a bunch of fake blood. Come on. Or just, you know, cut one of the extras for a minute. Come on, man. We just need a pint. Right. That would have been cheaper. Yeah. Just that's the cheap way to do it. I mean, I've worked on a low budget films. I know. I still got the scars to prove it. <laughs> Overall, though, when they're building those early action scenes, they're not really supposed to be about the action scene. They're more like... I think of the line in Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, where they build up this huge fight scene with samurai swords, and then it just goes, so I cut his head off. And that's the whole scene. It's just to establish, like, these people are not really a threat to these other people. They kill them very fast and very cool, but it's not really about the fight scene. It's to show, wow, that is a really fucking cool person who can do cool stuff. I can't wait to see them fight someone who's worthy of fighting them. And when they eventually do, it's a good fight. Mm -hmm. Not till close to the end of the film, as you said, but, you know, I think that's the problem. This film wants to be a bunch of stuff. Stuff, doesn't know how to do any of them right. 
But let's go to final thoughts. Harmony, why don't you start us off with a song? You don't have to sing. I'm kidding. I found this painfully dull. I kind of dug the lighting and the mood for the parts of San Paolo that were very, like you said, Blade Runner-esque. But literally this film told me nothing. And I felt nothing for these people. They had no chemistry. They're two leads, like acting to a brick wall. <laughs> See, I have no way of critiquing this because there's nothing to it for me. Like I watched it. <laughs> But it was not good for me. I think I'm going to give this because some of the fight scenes were really cool. And I like it when she beats up wannabe rapists. That's fun. Who doesn't you gotta, like You got to give that, yeah. you know, got to do to hand off. It's great. I think I'm going to give this four out of ten. Definitely not harmless old men. Mindy Kai. The storyline had a lot of potential. You know, it was very comic booky, and there are plenty of adaptations of comic books that are able to take the action and make it engaging. You know, a good example is Tresse, the Netflix show. While everything is crammed into six episodes, but you can tell that there's a very good source material, even though it is limited. This had the potential to be great source material telling it while still being limited, and it failed. And I think that the big way it failed was the lead character. I thought she had the charisma of a wet piece of paper. She was flat. She was boring. And since she was the focus of everything, I didn't care about anything. There was a mythology involving her being one with the sword, but it doesn't show that. It shows it connected more to John Reese Myers than anybody. And so it's like, okay, why is she important? And that was the thing throughout the whole thing. You know, she is the target of desire for everybody due to all these alliances and Yakuza, but you don't know why, because you don't care about her. And then on top of that, they don't really show the power struggle over anything. You leave with nothing other than, hey, look, we're gonna have a sequel. And it's like, I don't care. None of you are worth getting a sequel for. Go for something that isn't intended for a Western audience if you want an actual good Yakuza film. Go to Netflix, find something. There's a lot of Asian stuff there. I'm gonna give it 2 out of 10 naked peens swinging in the breeze because <laughs> when you're a dude and you have full frontal nudity, it's always because your character's weird. <laughs> Or evil. Yeah, it's never because, hey, the ladies might like a sexy shot. No, it's always, look at this weirdo freakster. <laughs> yeah, it's not Keanu Reeves that gets no. his peen out. It's Joey Pantalero. Exactly. This, <laughs> this is fair. Double standards. Adrian? This is the last time that I look at our list. And after everyone has picked everything, I see this little movie and I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. I'm no longer going to check it out. You said that last time. <laughs> I know. I always say it. This is truly the last time. <laughs> I didn't even see a trailer for this. It sounded interesting from the title. And it sounded interesting because it's called Yakuza Princess. And you look it up and it's like, Brazil? How is that going to work out? And mm -hmm. I don't think it does. I think this would have been cool as an animated film. Because most of the gore is animated. The strongest part of this is the main actress's stunt abilities and her martial arts. And the fight scenes. Unfortunately, like I already mentioned. It doesn't really get cool, at least not for me, until, like, the last two scenes. And, like, right before the climax, there's, like, a little fight scene in, in a warehouse that's rough and gritty. Okay, this is brutal. This is what this should have been. And then you pause the movie and it's like, oh, we got, like, 15 minutes left. This could have been cool if they're going to get a sequel. Who knows? Is maybe directed by someone else who knows action a little better. 
I might be interested, but as of right now, I'm not interested in this and I can't really recommend it. I'm going to give this two recommendations to watch Ninja Assassin instead. Yeah, <laughs> I love Ninja Assassin. <laughs> you were just talking shit about CG blood. That thing is nothing but CG blood. It's terrible, but I love it so much. There's practical gore in that, too. But the thing is, with Ninja Assassin, it's just so outrageous that it's fun to have a couple beers and hang out with your friends and make fun of it. It's a ridiculous... May I humbly suggest that instead of watching that, you watch a really, really great ninja or Japanese Yakuza film by Takashi Miike or Sion Sono. I think Ninja Assassin matches its title a little better. Or go watch one of the the 80s ones. Go watch Takashi Miike's Yakuza Apocalypse if you want to see something like your head explodes from how totally batshit crazy it is that's what this should have been this movie had all the elements in plot with a director who knew how to do anything new or interesting with it could have made a really fun gonzo over-the-top crazy stylish film instead he's borrowing from styles that are 20 30 years old and overused if you've got enough style we don't care if your plot is ridiculous and your characters are sort of wooden because we're watching our movie for how much fun it is to watch this movie never really is fun it's mildly satisfying at points i kept comparing this in my head to that fucking terrible comic book adaptation with vin diesel bloodshot i think it was <laughs> <laughs> it was like, ugh. It has all the same problems. There's too much plot crammed in. The characters are all wooden. You don't care what happens to everybody. There's too much CG blood. The fights don't look good. There's no style of its own that's not 20, 30 years old. Comic books can be hard to adapt if you don't have the money and the talent to adapt it correctly. And this had neither. It's got moments that are okay. I didn't hate this. It was just so utterly milquetoast. So I'm going to give this four out of 10 boxes filled with cartons of cigarettes that they probably went through on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to take that again. uh, Yakuza guy, can you light up another cigarette? I'm still smoking the last one. (laughs) 